Hello, and welcome to Yara's Haunt. I am Yara, and I am here to share with you stories of the horrific, strange, bizarre, and terrifying. Let us go then, together, into a realm of fear. I promise to bring you back safely. Everybody needs a hobby. One of my friends collects vinyl records, another collects old safety razors. Heck, I even have one friend that collects tattoos. Yeah, on his body. For me, the only thing I ever felt the need to collect was old World War II rifles. There's just something that tickles me about owning a piece of history like that. Taking it to the range and feeling the recoil as it sends a round down range just as it would have done 70 years ago. Most of the guns I have probably never saw any action. Sure, they were issued and probably were carried around a theater of battle by some soldier, but chances are that after an uneventful tour, they were returned to the armory and later a warehouse where they just sat ignored until their respective militaries decided to sell them off as surplus. That's where I step in. Picking up rifles and ammo for surprisingly little money. So far, I'm up to 15 rifles, the oldest of which being from 1935 and the newest being from 1944. I'm pretty much trying to collect every main bolt-action rifle and semi-auto infantry rifle from each country involved in the war, but that damn Gewehr 43 keeps on eluding my grasp. I support my claim that my guns never saw heavy field use based on their condition, since I tend to only pick up guns in as near perfect condition as possible. Then one day it all changed. I was browsing my local gun store for rifles that fit my interest, and was starting to feel let down by the selection. Sporterized Enfields and Bubba'd SKSs. Yay. I was a regular at the store, and the staff knew me by name, so one of them called me over to show me something she thought I might like. She was partially right. She brought out one of the most ratty-ass rifles I had seen in ages. Flecks of rust discolored the action, and the stock was absolutely beat to hell with a myriad of chips along its length and a strange discoloration right where you would typically place your trigger hand in a firing stance. It looked like an old Mosin Nagant, so it wasn't really something to get too excited about. I already had three, and you could buy a near-perfect condition one for like $175. But this wasn't just any Mosin. This was an M27, the rifle used by the Finns during their part of World War II that most people tend to ignore ever happened. I wanted one in my collection so that I could have a finish rifle, so after a bit of friendly haggling, I became the proud owner of a 1937 Tika M27 that looked like it had mange. When I got home, I did an inspection of the gun to see if it really was worth the $70 I just dropped on it. Despite the disastrous exterior of the gun, it was still in working order. The barrel rifling was intact, the crown didn't have any corrosion marks on it, the moving parts were in great shape, and the action moved as well as you could hope for a Russian design that hadn't been changed since it was introduced in 1891. I didn't even mind the way the gun looked, to be honest. In my mind, it just had its own grizzled veteran charm to it. I cleared the action, locked the bolt forward, and dry-fired the gun to ease stress on the spring before locking it up in my gun cabinet for the night. Some people insist that it isn't necessary to do this, but on some subconscious level, I love the noise that doing this makes. Things were pretty normal for the next few weeks. I pretty much forgot I had even bought the gun after about a day or two, 
It was winter in Manitoba and we were averaging about negative 26 without even thinking about the wind chill, so I was content to not rush over to the outdoor range with my new gun. I spent the majority of my time at home with a headset on sitting at the computer, so I'm pretty oblivious to things going on in the rest of my building. But one night, just as I was logging off my computer, I heard a dull metallic thunk coming from the room I keep my gun locker in. I looked at the clock. 1am. Shit, I need to get to bed. Just as I was walking past the storage room on my way to bed, I heard that same noise again. Okay, maybe this warranted my attention. I grabbed my locker key and started thinking of how I would absolutely shit my pants if some sort of rodent came flying out of the locker when I opened it up. I opened the door to a pretty boring scene. Several of the guns were knocked over and leaning on the wall opposite the one I left them leaning on. I was a little weirded out, but then again it wasn't like it was unheard of for something leaning against a wall to fall over, so I just gathered up the fallen guns and put them back in their proper places. As I lay in bed that night, I'd kept on thinking about what had just happened. Was it me, or did the M27 feel cold to the touch? I don't mean the feeling of room temperature metal cold. I'm talking about a bottle of beer fresh out of the fridge cold. It felt like the first day I brought it home, but I just attributed that to having it sit in my trunk while I drove home through the snow. Sleep didn't come easy that night. When it did, I dreamed of dark, snowy forests. Things got weirder as time went on. I could hear random shouting from time to time, which I blamed on my neighbors. One time I could have sworn I heard the phrase Tulta Munile being yelled about as loud as humanly possible, but when I went to confront the neighbors across the hall about it, he said they hadn't heard anything of the sort, and the other neighbors confirmed that they hadn't been hearing anything remotely like what I said. Weeks went by. I still heard shouted phrases, screams, and other noises atypical of your standard apartment block. More strange dreams. A forest covered in snow as the moon gently lights the surroundings. A sight that would usually have seemed quite tranquil, but were inexplicably wrought with tension and sorrow. I would wake up with my sheets soaked in frigid cold sweat, and once or twice I could have sworn I saw my breath escaping in puffy white clouds of vapor, despite being indoors with the thermostat set at a nice 69 degrees Fahrenheit. Eventually I couldn't take it anymore. I stopped sleeping as much as possible, I looked like shit, I felt like shit, and still heard those damnable yells coming out of nowhere. Three days and maybe eight non-consecutive hours of restless sleep later, I found myself staring at a page full of purple links on Reddit at 4am. I was just about to load up Netflix when I heard that same dull, metallic thunk from weeks before. I told myself to ignore it, just keep looking through the Netflix library. Okay, what the shit? I grabbed my locker keys and made my way to the storage room. As I was crossing the threshold of the room, I paused and appreciated the somewhat rare silence that had permeated the apartment since I made the decision to go unlock the safe. That really made my hair stand on end. It was the unmistakable sound of the bolt being unlocked and falling into the open position. I had to push on through. I needed to know what could possibly make all of that noise in a cabinet barely large enough to keep 15 guns. I held my breath and opened the door. Almost as if it were waiting for me to make my move, the M27 tumbled out of the locker and landed at my feet. The bolt very distinctly in the open position despite me having previously locked it forward and decocked it. Gingerly I leaned forwards to pick up the rifle, 
my hand trembling like I was afraid the gun was going to jump up and bite me. The air felt colder every centimeter closer I got to the rifle. After what felt like an eternity, I gripped the gun stock right around the front barrel band and put it back into the locker when I found myself unable to move, my vision slowly fading to black. A gentle white glow seeped back into my vision, but as shapes formed out of the darkness, it became apparent I was no longer in the storage room of my apartment. I was in that cold, dark forest I had wandered aimlessly through during so many unwelcome dreams the past month. I walked, no, staggered, forwards further into the forest. Everything about my body felt wrong. I looked down at myself only to see a macabre image of carnage masquerading as a functional human body. The remains of my white snowsuit fell from my body in charred, blood-soaked rags, and I could see angry red gashes crisscrossing every inch of exposed flesh. My right hand held the M27 in a vice-like grip, blood pooling in my palm in stark contrast to the white knuckles of my bare hand. Shrapnel stuck out of the wood grain of the stock at odd angles, and I went to inspect it with my left hand only to see the red ruin of my dilapidated forearm smear blood across the barrel of the rifle. I leaned up against a nearby tree, slowly sinking to my knees as I turned in the direction I had come from. Slowly, my surroundings began to come into dull focus, and I could see a column of burning vehicles. Men were running, shouting, firing in every direction as artillery shells poured in from the night sky. I laid the rifle on my lap and stared off into the distance as a cold darkness enveloped my consciousness and everything faded to black. I woke up on the floor of my storage room in a ball, still clutching the M27 around the metal band, tears streaming down my face. I slowly uncurled my fingers, feeling the frozen layer of skin tear loose and stick to the metal parts of the gun. I couldn't move. I didn't want to move. A wave of sadness overcame me as I laid there, shivering, waiting for morning to come. The gun never troubled me again. I no longer heard strange noises, and to its credit, it didn't make any more efforts to gain my attention. It had said all it had to say, all it needed to say, and I had been forced to listen. The morning after that experience, I made up my mind that I would get rid of the gun. I waited until springtime when the ground had thawed enough to actually dig a hole. I poured concrete down the barrel and into the action to render it useless and took it to a remote forest I used to go ATVing in as a child. I wrapped the gun in a blanket, dug a suitably deep hole, and put the gun to rest. Driving home in silence, I promised myself I would never buy a used gun again. Not just out of fear of what the gun may have been used for by its previous owner, but also because what it may have been witness to during its foray into hell. Tonight's story was entitled, I Will Never Buy a Used Gun Again, and was written by Ian Danilchuk. The tale can be found at reddit.com slash r slash nosleep. The music for this episode was downloaded under the Creative Commons license at freemusicarchive.org. The music for this episode was written by Westy Reflectory and Lee Rosevier, Krakatoa, Sergei Cheremisinov, and PC3. Narration and production was done by Derek Penrod. Questions? Comments? Suggestions? Would you like your story, music, or artwork featured for another episode? Contact Yara at yarashaunt at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Yara's Haunt. Thank you for listening, and may your fear be sharpened.